Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And here we are. It's good to be back with you on Ayers on the Road. We love checking in every week and seeing how everybody's doing, don't we, Linda? We do, and just on the road between Salt Lake and Park City, this which has been really nice, even though it's been raining in Utah. I don't know where you are all over the world, but it has been a huge rain, tornado, snow week here. I don't know if you're like we are, but when the when the weather changes, I mean, we had great weather this last week, and then suddenly rain and snow in the mountains, and kind of puts you in that fall mood and. For me, I start thinking about Thanksgiving for some reason. Isn't that funny? I don't start thinking about Halloween. Or start, Christmas. Well, no, <laughs> Christmas, you've got to wait for real snow. But I start thinking about Thanksgiving. And don't you think, Linda, that we're kind of losing the holiday of Thanksgiving? I mean, it's so interesting. People, uh, I, I, I shouldn't even be thinking about this this early in the year. But I just remember that you get Halloween all over the place and then there's like an instant shift over to Christmas. You go from pumpkins and witches and, and goblins straight into Santa Claus and Christmas, and there's no break for Thanksgiving. I know. It does make you start thinking differently, though, when fall happens, because we just took a road between Heber, Utah, and Park City. It's called, uh, what's that road? Oh, Guardsman Pass. Pass. And they've got new, a new uh, road through there so it's really wonderful and passable it's just a regular car and it's so gorgeous up there oh my gosh the hills are ablaze out here for those of you who are in hawaii or london um you probably don't see that but it really is inspiring and just changes your mind about things so we thought we would theme the show today around the idea of gratitude because what we believe, and I, I, it'd be interesting to see how this show goes, because some of these thoughts are sort of in our minds, but we've never really tried to express them in, in verbal terms. But teaching children to be grateful, helping them to really develop a sense of gratitude, is an enormous blessing to a family. And, and as we travel around the world speaking to parents, one of the things people always say to us is, you know, my kids are... They're so entitled, they feel like they deserve everything, and we're supposed to give them everything. And one of the things they're losing is gratitude, because if you're entitled to something, if you think, well, I'm supposed to have it, I deserve it, all my friends have it, I should have it too, then that leaves no room for gratitude, no room for thankfulness. And, and, and we think, and I bet a lot of you would agree with us, that kids who are grateful kids who really have a sense of how blessed they are and how, how, how wonderfully privileged they are to live and who are grateful in a sort of a humble way for that, they're the happiest kids we know. And they're also the most pleasant kids to be around. And they're also the kind of kids that all parents want because they say thank you a lot. <laughs> right. Um, you know, gratitude is just so interesting. I heard a podcast yesterday, which I recommend to all of you. Uh, it's it's um, a series on a website called onbeing, B-E-I-N-G, uh, .org. And it, this particular one was talking to a woman who was born in Ferguson, of all things, 
and then moved to Palestine, of all things, and grew up there. Her father was an Arab. And uh, she's just a poet. She's amazing. And she said, you know, your life is a poet. is a poem. This particular uh, podcast was called Your Life is a Poem. And it was so great to listen to that because it puts you in a whole different realm of gratitude. When you walk out the door, she said, just have a word in mind, just a word. And everything you see, put into that word, you know, whether it's wonder or glorious or um, crazy or whatever your word is for the day. It really is so fun so, to think so, about that. So, wait, so what you're saying is, is the beginning point for cultivating gratitude thankfulness is awareness right. right really seeing things really being in the moment and really being aware and and having perspective on how much gratitude you have right but I, I wanted to even say it more bluntly that I think you know gratitude is not a pathway to happiness gratitude is happiness in its most obtainable form in other words if you as a parent can do something, we're going to make some suggestions to you today, if you can do some things to bring about a, a deeper sense of gratitude in your children, that will do more for your family than almost anything we can think of. That'll do more for your kids as far as putting them on a, a good course for life if they are really appreciative. And it can start with simple politeness. I mean, we all try to teach our kids to say thank you, but the idea of helping them to really deeply feel gratitude. What a powerful thing that is. And I think actually it starts, it could start with nature, just teaching your kids to appreciate nature, since that's what we're talking about this week. It really is amazing. We used to go to Jackson Hole during our um, fall break, which was called UEA in those days, uh, when the kids were had a few days off school, and we went up to Jackson and we tried so hard to remember to bring Gustav Holst the planets. And we played, as soon as we saw the Tetons, we played Mars, which was so fun. And everybody got out of the car and rejoiced because we, not, because we saw this beautiful sight in nature. And, you know, that may sound totally wacky, but our kids really remember that. They resonate with that, and they're doing similar things with their kids, I think. Yeah, let me let me wax philosophical for a minute about gratitude, and then uh, in the second half of the show, we're going to give you some specific ideas for how to feel more gratitude and help your kids to feel more thankfulness. But I, I we were in a church the other day, and you won't mind a religious reference. We were talking about how in scriptures, there's this cycle that always seems to be there where whole cultures of people you know, begin to do well, they begin to prosper, they begin to have success, they begin to have abundance. And then what happens, of course, it's like a circle, and you go around it, and after the abundance comes pride, and sort of this feeling of selfishness and greediness and pride, which leads to a downfall over and over in, in scriptural stories and so on. And then the downfall brings about humility and the humility be, begins to cause people to work harder and to strive more and to be more genuine and more sharing and so on. And then they begin to have success again. So you think of it like a circle. At the top is abundance and success. Then it comes down around to pride. 
and it comes down to the bottom of the fall, and then humility comes back, and then success happens again. And that happens over and over in the Bible to, to groups of people and well, in the Book of Mormon, which is the other book we study a lot. Right. In fact, if you want to see that pride cycle go really fast, <laughs> go to uh, the end of Alma and Helaman. Wow, it just goes round and round so fast. We were actually in the Sunday school class, and yeah, one mother who, maybe middle-aged mother, busy mother, uh, raised her hand and said, you know what? I go through the pride cycle every day. I, I when I wake up in the morning, morning and say, this is glorious, it's going to be a great day, I can be a good mother. And then it goes around and around, and the day just go, grinds on, it gets worse and worse. And by the time I go to bed, I am so humble and think I am totally worth it. And, you know, for those of you who are mothers out there, you identify with that. It is really true that it is hard to keep your eye on um, not being prideful, being humble, and being grateful. Now, let me let me tell you, if I can, conceptually, how we think gratitude can impact that cycle and actually change it so it doesn't continue to lead to downfall and disappointment and unhappiness and so on. That is a little, little conceptual, but I was thinking about this the other day with regard to a a train track because I was watching a little a little toy train going around a circle just around and around and around again and again and again and think of that train on on the track as a as the pride cycle so it's again and again success then then pride then downfall then humility then success again so around and around now what you have on little train sets or on real railroads is you have these switches You've all seen pictures of them. Maybe some of you have seen one actually happen where where the, the rails actually slide so the train, instead of going one direction, goes off on another direction. Some of the old days, they had a big lever. You could pull this big lever and the, 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 the part of the track would slide over so it would divert the train from one track to another. Now, with that as a metaphor, what if, what if the, the, the track slider or the track switch was gratitude? So you've got this train coming around, it gets to the top of the circle, and instead of going around again and down toward pride and selfishness and so on, what if you threw that lever, and the lever was called gratitude, and that caused the train to go around a different loop? Think of it as a figure eight. And the train's been going around this lower loop on the figure eight. And now you throw the gratitude switch and the train goes the other way, goes up around the other part of the figure eight. And this time, instead of going down towards pride, it goes toward thankfulness. And people are very grateful for what they have. They, they, they're grateful to God. They're grateful to each other. It's the opposite of pride. And now, instead of plummeting down through pride to, to downfall, they go up to a kind of a gratitude which leads them to actually be more humble, and they start going around this upper cycle where instead of going to pride, they're always going to gratitude. So what I'm saying, does that make sense, Linda? Do you think people can see that in their mind? Well, I hope so, because those of you who aren't here... You missed a show. He's doing everything with his fingers. He's doing the cigarette. His arms are in the air. But I think you get it. That does make sense. I mean, 
when we get kind of down on ourselves and today I was like, oh man, there's too many things going on. Um, it really is important to throw that switch and say, yeah, but I'm so grateful for the things that are going on. It really does change your mindset. So what we're advocating today, and we'll get into specifics after the break, the establishment in your family of deliberate gratitude, where gratitude and awareness of blessing actually becomes a goal that you try to teach your children. And that out of that comes a feeling within a family, which is the exact opposite of the entitlement mentality that seems to rob so many families of their, of their happiness and of their joy. So think about gratitude during the break. We'll come back and give you some ideas on how to instill an attitude of gratitude within your children. We'll be right back after this break. Ayers on the Road, parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're right back. So, Linda, what do you think about gratitude in terms of practicality? How do we get little kids who are out competing and going to school and comparing themselves with other kids and wondering what they should have next. How do you shift that mental paradigm in children over to where kids are really grateful? Well, I think just little reminders, you know, when a kid has a complaint, I say, but aren't we so grateful for whatever it is, you know, that you're, that you're thinking about at the moment. Um, it really can be, uh, it's not a fix-all. It doesn't work for everything, but it can be a great way to turn the tide in your house when there's some bad feelings going on. So I'm going to give you a very specific suggestion, and you may think, boy, it's a little early. This guy is really wrapped up on the holiday of Thanksgiving two months before it comes. But here's something that we've seen work in families. Start a list of gratitude and, and tell your kids, this is a list you're going to continue to add to all the way up until Thanksgiving. And when Thanksgiving comes, we're going to have a list of all the things we're grateful for. And we're going to build it between now and Thanksgiving time. Now, we've seen this done in several interesting ways. Um, the first time we ever experienced it, it was actually with a long list of a roll of paper, like a like cash register paper long list of paper where uh, the family would just write down and number the things they're grateful for. Some families actually do this as a tradition right on Thanksgiving Day. They just see how many things can we list that we're thankful for. But it's even more exciting if you start it in the fall and let it build up to Thanksgiving. Well, that's our tradition, but we have to remind uh, these listeners that our kids have better traditions. Yeah, yeah. And that is thankful treat. If you start with the family meeting um, right about now and um, put a tree up on your refrigerator with some, a lot of branches on it and then... Like a big picture of a tree. Would, would they draw that or would they get Yeah, tree? sure. Just try it on, on a piece of butcher paper at IKEA. You can get those long rolls and use that. But um, put the tree up on your refrigerator and just cut up a whole bunch of nice little colored leaves and have the kids put things that they're grateful for on that tree. And wow, you know, that tree can be covered with beautifully colored leaves. A lot of things kids are grateful for. 
Yeah, I do love that idea because it combines fall, the fall season, with the idea of Thanksgiving. So, so do you have that in your mind? Like, just imagine you've got, you can draw this on a big poster or something. It doesn't have to be a wonderful artist's rendering of a tree. It can just be a skeleton of a tree, like a winter tree, like just limbs going everywhere. And then you have all these little leaves. Your kids can you do this as a family meeting activity, family meeting. Cut out a lot of little leaf-shaped pieces of paper that are orange or yellow or red. And then say to the kids, now, whenever you think of something you're really, really thankful for, write it down on one of these leaves and put it on the tree. And the tree becomes more and more beautiful as you go through the fall season and so on. But the real thing you're doing is challenging yourself and your kids think about what they're thankful for. And the best way to do to start that off is in a family meeting or when you're in a car traveling somewhere and you're just, who can think of something that you're really grateful for but that you haven't said thank you to God for or to, to anyone for? And kids are good at this once they get started. They'll think of big things like, well, I'm grateful for the mountains, I'm grateful for the sky, I'm grateful for the clouds. But as it goes on, as the discussion goes on, they'll get more subtle and more nuanced. Well, I'm, I'm thankful for, on a day like today, for a roof over my, my head. I'm thankful for a car to drive places in. So it goes from those big physical things, and then it'll gradually evolve to where, well, I'm thankful for my mother's love. I'm thankful for what I learn in Sunday school. I'm thankful for hamburger. It'll, it'll get to the point of little things and you say, well, you really should be grateful for that hamburger. You really should be grateful for that doorknob on the door. Otherwise, how could you get in this room? You should really be grateful for, you know, little things that happen. It's a mentality you're trying to build within your kids. Well, and if your kids are older and your teenagers don't like the idea of putting leaves on trees, then you could um, change the, your dinner topics. I mean, we really believe in family dinners, and we know by the time teenagers are into their school and, and extracurricular activities and music and sports and all that stuff, it's really hard to come up with times when you can meet together. But we really had a goal to meet twice, at least once on Sunday and then twice during the week. And our kids were ultra busy and had 25 lessons a week it really was important to gather them around the table. And I think we usually ask them to tell us their highs and lows from the day or happies and sads or whatever. But I think if we change it this time of year to what are you really grateful for? What did you see today? What happened today that made you grateful for something? And so that they're kind of ready to talk about it. It really is pretty interesting what comes up. Here's another variation on it. You can play a game. We often play this family gatherings right on Thanksgiving Day, but I think it would be even more effective to start earlier as a dinnertime activity or a car activity while you're driving, where you give each person in the family a piece of paper, and you say, we're each going to write down 10 blessings, 10 things we're very, very thankful for. And then when we're done, we're going to compare our lists, and if you have the same thing on your list, if one of your 10 things is the same as what someone else has, you have to cross that off. And we're going to see who can think of the most unique things that they're thankful for that no one else will have thought of. 
and you write your list of 10 and then each of you read them and if if someone else has that one you cross it off because it doesn't count and it causes kids to think harder about things they're taking for granted and let me just say a word about that that's the the enemy if someone was to say to you what is the opposite of gratitude you'd probably take the easy answer and say well that's you know it's ingratitude is the opposite of gratitude that'd be kind of a cop out but if if you thought about it a little longer, you might conclude that the opposite of gratitude is taking things for granted. And boy, do we ever do that a lot in as our society. As hard as we try, we cannot make ourselves not take things for granted. Um, and just every little every day things are just so important. And it really does make a difference if we can say, wow, I should appreciate that. More. I, I love this couch. I I looked for it for a long time and it's been so well used. I, I love the things that I have that are really giving me enjoyment. I mean, you know, that's kind of a worldly approach. But, I mean, you really do take things for granted, the things that we have. Um, keys, when I lose my car keys, I take for granted that I, you know, usually know where they are and and they're just available and then there's crisis and panic is fun. I mean that's kind of silly but you get what we're saying well and another thing you can do to help kids focus on gratitude is give them a category this this is a fun discussion where you say maybe you do it generally first what are you thankful for you play one of these games where they're writing things down or putting them on leaves but then you can take it to the next level by saying let me give you a category of one aspect of your life and tell me what you're <clears throat> excuse me what you're grateful for within that category so you say okay school what are you grateful for at school and and think it through with kids well they're grateful just to have a school to go to they're grateful for some particular teacher they they like they're grateful for their textbooks they're grateful for Google so that they can look things up online to write papers. I mean, just get them going and they will carry this on and then say, okay, that's good. Now let's shift to another category. Um, what are you grateful for in terms of your body, your physical body? What are you grateful for? You know, and they'll, they'll start with obvious things. Well, I'm just grateful I've got a body. Well, I'm grateful for my legs. I'm grateful for my arms. But they'll get into things like, well, I'm grateful for certain skills I have. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at, uh, at hitting a ball. I'm grateful that I can do that. I'm grateful for my eyes. I'm grateful that I can see colors. I'm grateful I'm not colorblind like you are, Dad, you know, and, and, and then you can go from one category to another. Now that reminds me that um, I've had a knee that's driven me crazy for 17 years. Ever since <laughs> I, I have a really good excuse. I, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and on the way down, my knees were killing me, and when I, I just knew I was ruining one or the other of them or both of them. But when I, when I got down there, I thought, you know, I'm gonna have to pay for this for the rest of my life. But it was really worth it. And um, we climbed it together as a family, and, and all the kids, kids made it. Not all, but we had seven of us, five kids, and all the ones we took us, with us, all the made ones it. that yeah. made it. But it really was an amazing experience. But now I've had to pay for that for a lot of years. I've had a little surgery on it. I've had cortisone. It's still not doing any good. It was still just giving me a lot of pain to climb up those four flights of stairs. We um, call it that. We call it New York Linda, City. Linda's Kilimanjaro knee. Yeah. Anyway, um, our son lives in a four-story walk-up, and it's just painful every step, every step. And so... 
It really was um, amazing. <clears throat> Yesterday, I went and got a little cortisone and some goo and my knee. And this morning, I went to exercise, and my gosh, my knee didn't hurt with every single step. And I was halfway through the exercise thing before I realized, oh my gosh, I should be so grateful for this. My knee doesn't hurt. It is amazing. But, you know, it just it's so easy to just forget that you just need to be grateful all the time for little things. You make that was a, a big one, though. You make a great point, Linda. If, if real gratitude comes when you almost lose something or when you get something back. And, and I say to myself, wow, my knee doesn't hurt. Why can't I wake up every morning and be as grateful when my knee doesn't hurt? Uh, why can't I feel that emotion as strongly as Linda feels the negative emotion? Oh, my knee does hurt. Darn it. I wish it didn't hurt. So, you know, it's this whole attitude thing. Now, here's another way you can apply it with your kids. Most of you have prayer, family prayer at some time with your family. And most of you probably pray yourselves personally, and you probably encourage your children to pray personally. We all know that a good way to begin a prayer, whether it's a family prayer or a prayer in church or a prayer individually, is by expressing gratitude. But don't you think, Linda, that we often get really, really um, sort of wrote, we use, we say we're thankful for this blessing or that blessing, we kind of repeat ourselves and they're fairly general. And I'm afraid that most people, or maybe I shouldn't judge others, but I'm afraid that I, in my prayers, get the thankful, the thankful things out of the way so I can start asking for things. I've got right. worries. I've got, right. I need help on this. Father, I've got a concern here. Please bless so-and-so. And maybe 80 to 90 percent of the prayer is about asking for things, and maybe only 10 percent is about being thankful. What if, what if in this fall season, as we're working up to Thanksgiving, what if you were to reverse that? What if you were to, in family prayers and, and with children, devote most of the prayer to being thankful? And what if you tied it into these lists you're making, or this this thankful tree on the refrigerator, or or the games you're playing where people are listing their 10 blessings. What if one outgrowth of that was that you have some family prayers where you devote most of the prayer just expressing gratitude to God for these amazing blessings? I mean, and, and help kids to see that. I mean, I said one thing to a grandkid the other day, and I, I sort of saw a light go on in his eyes. I said, you know, if you'd lived... 500 years ago and if you'd been a king let's say you let's say you'd lived 500 years ago and you were king of a country you would still have a lot less blessings than you have now you would not you would not have running water you would not have a toilet you would not have um central heating you would not have a car you would not have a skateboard, you would not have a hoverboard. You would, and, and he picked up on it, saying all the things that he has that a king didn't have 500 years ago. And it, there's just these ways to get things. I'm just blessed to live now. I'm so thankful that I live in a world where I have a computer. I mean, the, the things kids spend all this time on, them, we almost wish they wouldn't. They at least ought to be grateful for those things. I mean, tell your child how it was for you when you had to research a paper and you had to go to a library 
and go to the card catalog and find a call number and go in the stacks in the library, find a book or a periodical, look it up on page 812, and write it down with a pencil. How different is that in, in, in a, from a Google search? Kids ought to be grateful for all these things, including their technology. But you know what some of them would say, because now... Dad and Mom, because we have all these wonderful things at our fingertips, I really need an iPhone 7 or whatever it is, you know, that they're thinking they're going to get um, because we have those blessings. So we're out of time. We've loved talking to you a little about gratitude. Go out and be thankful, and we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye. <laughs>